0: You got us. Good evening everyone. It is two nights before the hockey season begins. You have yours truly Eric and Eric here for Teal Town Live as we preview the West Division in the NHL. And uh first things first, Landy, number 1, how are you doing? <laughs> uh surviving,
1: right? Uh, right? We're we're getting into the new normal here. And uh, as you can see, Landy's got a new setup this year. So uh, I think things are going to look up uh, as far as the podcast goes. Let's hope that <laughs> translates to the ice.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed, but uh, probably low expectations for sure. I, I, You know what? Like a tiger, I already saying, Landy, is that a Zoom background? And, no. And no, that's no. actually his. Yeah, you can you can see I'm
1: actually touching the wall back here. Um, <laughs> that is my little Sharks jersey that I got uh, when SAP opened in ninety. Let's see, I think that jersey is from ninety five. Okay. Um, so yeah. San Jose Arena, um, and then the other jersey is from the twenty or the other uh, not jersey, but the poster is the Saturday Night on Ice, and I just happened to get the Hurdle twenty fifth anniversary edition um one so that one's there and then i've just got a cool sharks poster um
0: <laughs> in other words like. in other words uh we are not seeing laundry for sure
1: yeah yeah well i guess you know with how bad everything tanked last year we got to get some new mojo some fresh mojo on here and uh you know i'm going with the i've got the old school pennant back there too you know with the uh, you know, with all of the uh, festivities going on this uh, season, so yeah, I think we're well prepared in so far as the background, <laughs> yeah, and no. the production quality. You're definitely, uh,
0: you're definitely getting uh, a bunch of, a bunch of chat here. Let, let's let. I'm just gonna go through this quickly. The laundry curse is over. Far out, land handy. That looks great. The laundry didn't work last year. Rest in peace to the laundry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You, 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 apparently, you are f- popular with the laundry. You know, uh, I'm not going to say things have changed on my end, but, you know, no AOL. Hey, I'm working for it. Uh, so, appreciate it. Uh, so, that being said, let's get into this, shall we? I mean, th- this is a brand new season. 56-game season, of course. Uh, a bunch of different opponents this time around you're going to be playing each team eight times so let's get into it shall we with we'll begin first with your Anaheim ducks they were uh 29 33 and three sixth in the Pacific they didn't make the playoffs um notable additions here you know you and, know and interesting to see when uh Trevor seagrass gets in there he really shined at the world Juniors. Uh, Stanley Cup champion Kevin Shattenkirk comes from Tampa Bay over to Anaheim. You lose uh, Matt Irwin going to Buffalo. Uh, Eric, who also spells his name the right way, Gabranson, over to Ottawa, along with David Backus being waived. Uh, Landy, for you, what do you think uh, of the Anaheim Ducks? I mean, they still have John Gibson. Ryan Getzlaff is still around. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of, of these... these uh quackers <laughs>
1: well um first off i mean their their farm system is just impeccable especially on the uh, uh, the forward side of the ledger um and so it, kind of like la we're going to have to get used to a new cast of characters uh you know some new uh players to hate um and so on and so forth but uh no in all seriousness though um, Trevor's egress. I mean, I think he's going to be the real deal and that really sucks <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. us. Um, yeah, that kid, I, I mean, the swagger, the, um, accountability, the leadership. I mean, they got a good one. They got a really, really good one. So, um, it'll be interesting to see where they slot him in. If he's going to be playing second line center or if he's going to be playing wing with Getzloff. Um, because, uh, you know, the, they're going to have to shuffle in um, you know, some of those forward prospects too. I mean, um, they have Sam Steele as well. That's kind of been knocking on the door. Um, and they have... Uh, uh, Comtois a, a, as well. to as well, exactly. So, you know, they're definitely uh, reloading. Um, and I think that this year is going to be a transitional year, but I think it's going to be definitely on the upswing.
0: Yeah, I... I... I think the Ducks knew that they were going to have a rough season. I don't think they expected it to be this bad. Um, but I think with John Gibson and Net, anything is possible. Ryan Miller uh, is back with the squad uh, to be the backup. So you give yourself some time there for sure, uh, indeed. So we'll get to that. But before we move on, I should... Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. It's been, apparently it's been a while since I, I've been on, so forgive me. But, you know chat with us and fellow Sharks fans in the YouTube chat on the page here. The app, good evening to each and every one of you. You've, we've missed you, uh, and we're hoping we're having a good time tonight. Uh, of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, all at Teal Town USA, and for more Sharks content, uh, hit us up at TealTownUSA.com, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button as well, and hit that notification bell! That'll get you uh, all the uh, all the content that's coming this way, and we'll be getting things going already. Uh, myself and AJ have been interviewing a number of people already, and we got more coming. And of course, after dark, we'll kick off Thursday night as the Sharks will open up their 30th season uh, when they take on the Desert Dogs. Oh wait, wait, you're drinking. <laughs>
1: it's, our last, it's our oh. last
0: it's it's our last season to do this what yes and Marvel?
1: and and muck it, it, you know enough it's Felice Navi dog
0: so <laughs> it seems like it should fit in with a with a shark's uh holiday video or something. All right so while you take your drink let's get to the Arizona coyotes or as hockey trick would say my YOTS Uh, They were fifth in the Pacific, but they qualified for the playoffs. They did lose in the first round to Colorado after shocking Minnesota for their first series win in nearly eight years. Uh, You have uh, Drake Kajula and Derek Broussard coming in, but you lose a bunch in Taylor Hall, Michael Grabner, Brad Richardson, Derek Stefan, and Carl Soderberg. Uh, But... The question here, Landy, is with Darcy Kemper, this team went as far as they could with him in the playoffs, but a whole plethora of nightmares in uh, the desert. What what says you for the Coyotes? You know, I think the Coyotes this uh,
1: season is going to be, um, I think it's going to be rough. And I think that, you know, Rick Tockett is is trying his hardest to get that team to really, you know, stretch the zone and and be a little bit more offensively creative while still being, you know, locked down in their own zone. But it just does not seem like they have the right mixture of players there. And, you know, Phil Kessel being there, I'm wondering if – you know, what his mindset is like if he's kind of just playing out the string um, and, and, you know, kind of waiting, biding his time to, to get traded somewhere else. Um, and, and you know, honestly, I, I feel like this team has the most question marks in the division, maybe outside of the Sharks. Right. Um, You know, so for me, at least, you know, that both Anaheim and and L.A. are really on the upswing and their farm systems are are really stacked and, you know, we can kind of, you know, plot out the trajectory for those two teams. But with Arizona, it just seems like they're kind of lost. You know, we we don't really know, you know, they they put their stock into analytics, yet we haven't really seen a lot of uh, payoffs there. Um, you know, we've seen them try to rebuild and yet they're missing on, Uh on their first round picks. Um, of course, you know, we also have the whole issue with forfeiting picks. Then they, um, you know, drafted a guy who's got a checkered past. So, you know, to be, to be fair, Eric, I, I feel like this team has, has got just as many questions, if not more questions than the sharks. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if they really had up the caboose of, of the division.
0: Yeah, and, and it's tough to go through. You had the whole debacle with John Chica and, and that controversy. You know, you have Steve Sullivan be the interim and then named uh, longtime Blues assistant general manager Bill Armstrong as your GM. Um, you, you go through a lot of changes there. Uh, and, and you're right. I think there's a tough time coming for in the desert, but you know what? I think most importantly, Landy, they're gonna look damn good on the ice with the with their Kachina jersey and the first oh, yeah. retro jerseys. Those are gonna look butte, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: I am definitely one for the peyote jersey. You know the peyote coyote, um, and it's. I mean. To be honest with you, I mean, when you think about Arizona and you think about, you know, culturally, what what is Arizona kind of known for? It is that Southwest kind of um, Native American vibe. And so them really embracing that and embracing kind of the culture of their state, um, you, you know, is is I think the right move. And I think that that could be an on ramp for some new fans. So, Yeah.
0: I mean look what what the sharks did when they came out uh it was the teal that really popped on for the coyotes it, it it's the kachina you know and yep. and for for a team that's celebrating their I can't believe it's tw- been 25 years since they moved from Winnipeg that just it seems not that too long ago but hey uh for me I can't see the the coyotes doing too much I think they're going to be a a rough spot who knows if they try to make some moves at the deadline to recoup some of the draft uh, losses and nightmares that uh, that have been in the past that might have been from old uh, management. But I digress, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it's going to be a tough one in the desert. And, and that's one of the teams where I think San Jose, and we'll get to the Sharks in a little bit, where San Jose can really, really um, take advantage of downward so moving on to a team that well you know I, I i think could come out in out of the west uh this year the colorado avalanche or the le Nordique de colorado if you if you're into their reverse retro jersey uh second in the central they lost in the second round to dallas they were banged up in this one uh they get dennis gilbert brandon sod from chicago they got Devin taves uh, or excuse me, Devontae from the Islanders, Kyle Burroughs, but they lose Long Beach native Matt Nieto, uh, former uh, Cuda goalie standout, Antoine Bibo, Michael Hutchinson going, uh, Anton Lindholm and Nikita Zadorov uh, went to Chicago. Uh, but but Landy, this play, this team is stacked. I think this team could be very special down the road.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I, I think that. That to me, this team is the team that I look at as the class of the division. Um, I, I feel like they have the best tools to play any kind of game that you want to throw at them. You know, so they have the skill to play against uh, your your. Um, right, yeah, I'm just thinking kind of outside of the division, but they have the skill that matches up in the central. Um, they have a little bit of size, um, and, and a little bit of, of that kind of, uh, grittiness with, with Gabe Landeskog kind of, um, leading, leading the charge with the forwards and, and has some really, really good puck movers, um, you know, on that back end. I mean, Kale McCarr is the real deal and I think that he's only going to be only going to be better. And, and honestly, he's probably my Norris guy and, uh, you know, I, 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 I think the only kind of, of trouble that they could get into is if they happen to have some more injuries. I feel like that's a, you know, that's a team that unfortunately is so reliant on their top end talent. Yeah. Um. I mean, with, with, with regards to most of the league, that's the way that it is. But, you know, if McKinnon goes down for an extended period of time or Landis Cog, who's had injury issues, goes down for an extended amount of time or um, Miko Rantanen, who has had a lot of injury issues. You know, if, if they miss, you know, any three of those guys for an extended period of time, um, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to compete. So that's, that's the caveat with Colorado is that, um, high end talent is just super, super, super above board and and can really, um, you know, play with anybody in this league. However, I feel like their depth is a little bit suspect, especially on their third and fourth lines. Um, so that's where I, I worry the most about uh, about Colorado. But, um, you know, they have uh, Nazem Kadri still, yeah. you know, uh, anchoring that bottom six. Um, and and I think that that they have enough if they stay healthy.
0: Yeah, and sides a nice little addition. Uh, I just feel it's any moment they'll trade him back to Chicago for some reason. Uh, Uh, Right. And Chicago will just give up the brink hit or something over there. But, uh, you know, I'm in agreement with uh, Bozozoris 666. Avs have a lot of pressure. I, I, I think the Avs... Might be cup or bust this year. I I, 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 just, I, I just have a feeling, but I also concerned. And you talk about injuries, but also Philip Grubauer, and what's going to happen there. You know, with everything uh, in that nature, uh, I think it's see be a big one for them.
1: See, I, I'm of the opinion that. You know, you've got Nathan McKinnon on that $6.3 million sweetheart deal for another two years after this season. So I think that that is kind of the window to really make, you know, uh, to have enough cap room for depth. Right. and so I think that the window for them is is as long as that contract goes out till. So again, another couple of years I think is where their window is. I would say that there's probably more pressure on Vegas than there is on Colorado because at least Colorado still has depth in the pipeline True. and they're really, you know, they're they're still a pretty young team whereas I see Vegas, you know, they kind of blew their whole load. Um, in the first few, se- you know, their first couple of seasons, mm-hmm. um, and, and really off, you know, gave some really bad contracts. I, you know, the the Mark Stone deal, I think, is going to not age well. I think he's going to be one of those players that Whoa. is going to break down.
0: You're, you're you're teasing the the Vegas segment of the show, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just I'm just saying that they
1: would have probably to me they have the most pressure in the division. But uh, Colorado, I, I think the way that socket has put, put it together and it's really the contracts come in layers. Um, I, I think that they're going to be good for, for a while yet.
0: I completely agree. I think they have a bright future. I think this is kind of their, this is kind of where it's time where they start to see the, the benefits. And, and of course uh, I think everybody was predicting, you know, Colorado and Vegas in the, conference final last year after everybody returned to play and just the injuries you know shot themselves in the foot unfortunately in that case so uh i just think it's going to be a good one for colorado i i i would say if anything if i'm picking a team to come out of the west to get into the stanley cup semifinal, it's it's them or some other team but yeah I yep. digress. Let's move onward to as everybody's talking about how much they blew blowed, blowed up what? Uh, to a team. <laughs> oh also Matthew uh coming
1: in from uh, from New Zealand. Uh oh, welcome. Nice. And uh appreciate you searching us out. Um and yeah, we do this sharks content all the time literally after every game and uh check out some of the archives for some great interviews that uh, puck guy and uh, aj just put up so there's a lot of sharks content um we also got some you know we've got other sharks news in and around content as well so yeah just keep checking uh keep checking us out and um appreciate the the follow
0: yeah thank you for uh, joining us matthew from new zealand uh Hope you're being safe down there. Uh, moving onward to a team that w- won seven in a row uh, before everything came to a crashing halt, and that would be the Los Angeles Kings. And boy, howdy, how things worked out! They lo- lose seven, or they win seven in a row, Landy, and and get the number two overall pick. Uh, they get uh, Ole Mata, Mark Alt, Andreas Athanasiu, Uh former Shark school tender and Cuda great Trey Grosnick and, and a friend of the show, actually, along with uh, Quinton Byfield, the number two pick that they got in the draft, uh, going away, former Shark Joachim Ryan, Tim Schaller, Ben Hutton, and Trevor Lewis. Um, y- you talked about Anaheim, uh, who had uh, a good plethora on the farm. Rob Blake has done phenomenal job with, uh, building up the minor league team. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, look very enviously
1: over at the cupboard in LA. Um, you know, a guy that I have highlighted, um, is Alex turcott uh, you know, a 19 year old, um, just has that Anze Kopitar kind of build, um, and, and him, you know, You pair him with Byfield one, two, and that's going to be a very, very strong center, um, you know, center depth one, two for a long time. So, um, you know, they are definitely on the upswing, like I said, with, uh, you know, along with Anaheim. And I think that this year is going to be another year where they're going to have to uh, fight and claw. Um, And and I don't think that they're going to see necessarily see those results translate into the standings, but I do see them on the ascent and I do see them being a power player uh, in the next two years. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, get ready to have uh, more hatred to the, to the (laughs) Los Angeles Kings. That's for sure. But yeah, you know, you're just, you just go through their, their list. I mean, um, like I said, they have Rasmus, uh, uh, Kapari as well, uh, Leah Anderson, who's another guy that that's interesting. Tyler Madden, Quentin Byfield. I mean, it, Alex Turcott, Like I said before, you know, and and they also have some really uh, interesting players on uh, on the defensive end as well. Because you know, the Drew Dowdy Show is eventually gonna, you know, it's going to the, the curtain's gonna set on that. So yeah. it, uh, you know, it, it's just interesting to see how quickly that uh, you know rob blake really turned this around you
0: know right. it it's it's quite amazing quite a feat the uh, and you you mentioned all the future but yeah you mentioned dowdy you mentioned kopitar uh i mean you you still have jeff carter from all those runs and, and of course jonathan quick who just loves logan couture's legs so much he just has to hang on to it as much as possible whenever we play you know, so you're definitely going to see the Kings really um be a player in the future, but this season they could shock, but I I I'm not sure if they're quite ready yet for that. So
1: Yeah, they're on the I think they're on the cusp is yeah. where I put them.
0: Yeah. They are on the the cusp of making it. They could be one of those bubble teams. If they get hot, watch out, you know, that's for sure. Uh, it's something to look forward in L.A., uh, a new opponent into the Sharks division this year or just this year, barring Gary Bettman getting crazy with the realignment or we're still stuck in a crazy COVID world. The Minnesota Wild, uh, another team run by a former Shark. This time it's Bill Guerin. Yes, Bill Guerin was a Shark for a moment. Thanks for nothing. Uh uh Minnesota lost in the qualifying round to Arizona uh, in return to play. Then notable additions, you have Nick Budstad and Nick Benino, 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 along with Marcus Johansson and Cam Talbot. But, of course, they lose two players to San Jose in trades with Devin Dubnik, Ryan Donato. Uh, they also lost Mika Koivu, their longtime captain, Eric Stahl, and Alex Galchenyuk. There, Minnesota, another team in transition. I think uh, they look like they're going to be uh, going through things a little bit, but they do have some pieces that can, you know, pop out there, Landy.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think that they're in the kind of like that middle um, middle portion of their rebuild, um, so to speak, you know, that you, you, look over into their cupboard and it's a little bit more stocked than it has been. Um, you know, I'm looking at a guy like, uh, Marco Rossi, um, looking at a guy, you know, Alexander, uh, Konezov, um, who's supposedly supposed to come over this year and supposed to be a phenom. Um, you know, they have Capo, um, Kapo Kakanen, um on the on the goaltending side. So there's definitely pieces and definitely there are some things to be excited with um, with Minnesota coming up. But to me, those are pieces that uh, signify the like I said, the early stages of the rebuild. I don't think that they fully committed and I don't know that they fully can commit to to the kind of rebuild that they want to do when you carry Parise and Suter um, on the You know, on the roster, you know, and and that to me between those two guys, it's 14 and a half, you know, $15 million between those two people alone. So, again, it's like, okay, uh, Suter's 35, Parise's 36, Zuccarello's 33, uh, you know, they're a team that is kind of in that mushy middle again. So are they bad enough to win first overall pick no but are they good enough to challenge for a playoff spot i I mean i don't see it yeah i i don't see it especially when you have you know jared spurgeon who's a good he's a good player but you know i i don't see him as a number one defenseman and that's who they have currently slotted as their number one i mean maybe matt dumba you know i think he's a good one two kind of guy very very solid but um but I just I don't see the makeup of a team that A can withstand injury and, and B can really fight it out with the top end talent.
0: Yeah, and to lose a number of players like Stalin and Koifu and granted I know it's a it's a rebuild year for Minnesota and you know, you get Cam Talbot to replace Devin Dubnik. I, I see some I see some slightly moves for to go go higher but I don't see them making it. I I don't see them either making it. Uh I I mean I I think there's more upside in like a team like Los Angeles to get that fourth spot for sure. So, you know, uh you know, Matthew mentioning, you know, Bully, Fristov, Kushtinov, uh I'm going to almost said Kaprisov there. <laughs> Kaprisov. Are some yeah. good products. Uh, Kevin saying, uh, Goaltending will be interesting since Garen publicly buried uh, Stalin and Dubnik after last season. Yeah, and that's going to be an interesting one for sure, Kevin. Uh, if What's going to happen, goaltending on there? So, moving onward, as we move onward here, we'll go to another team that's in the division this year, and our friends at Let's Go Blues Radio are looking forward to some lovely banter, and I'm sure we'll have some bets as well down the road here but the St. Louis Blues uh, a shocking exit uh early on as they lost to Vancouver in the first round uh 42 19 and 10 for 92 points they were the Central Division champions uh they added John Gillies Cory uh, Torrey Krug and Kyle Clifford, but they lose Jake Allen to Montreal, Troy Brower, Chris Thorburn, uh, Jay Bomeister to retirement, and yeah, Alex, um, that Petrangelo guy that they had who, uh, you know, cheap shot at Pavelski a couple years ago, is now wearing Vegas gold. So the Blues, they pick up Krug, they lose Petrangelo. You know, definitely it's, it's Bennington's Crease, uh, for sure. But uh, what what says you with the uh, with the blue notes?
1: I mean, have we figured out yet what what the deal is with Vladimir Tarasenko? I mean, do we know is he pretty much ruled out for the the first half of the season, or or if he'll even play? But you know, to me, that's the team starts and ends with him, right? As he goes, the blues go. And uh, I feel like they're a team that we're always expecting more of but for whatever reason you know they're just unable to really uh, you know to really grasp on and, and, and to really you know uh, take the expectations and and move forward past the the one Stanley Cup of course you know they, they did win the Stanley Cup and I feel like after that they, kind of let themselves go a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, and I am still not sold on Jordan Bennington. I mean, you know, we, we see goaltenders, especially in their first year, do very well because the book is not really written on them. But as they, you know, get into kind of the the second and third year, um, you know, in the in the National Hockey League, you know, you start to develop a little bit more of a book on the player. You know, you, you understand, you know, how he holds his glove. You understand, you know, where his weaknesses are, you know, what he likes to, um, you know, where he likes to, uh, you know, like rest his legs or, you know, how he opens up in the butterfly, you know, all of those things. And I, I think that, you know, honestly, He's going to have to prove that he can adjust to the league's adjustments, right? It's always that cat and mouse between, right. okay, they've adjusted to me. Now I've got to add like, you know, for a baseball reference, I got to right. add a knuckleball or I got to right. add a split finger to to my normal fastball arsenal. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it, it's just kind of reinventing yourself and also um, really shoring up your own weaknesses, understanding where your own weaknesses are. And to me, this is a guy that the question is still, you know, the question is still out to me on his maturity level. And and can he really do that? And, and, and so, you know, to me, between those two question marks of Vladimir Tarasenko and Jordan Bennington, I think they have the, they definitely have the ceiling to be number two in the division, but I could also see them missing as well, you know, because of, um, you know, just because of the question marks that they have to me, it's a, it's a, it's another team that just is kind of Jekyll or Hyde. And and it's just going to depend upon what, you know, what we are going to get out of them. Of course, no Alexander Steen. Um, he's going to be out for LTIR. Um, you know, you look on the defensive side. Yes, you got Justin Falk, but I would take Pietrangelo over Justin Falk any kind, you know, any day of the week. And you know, losing your captain is also a blow to the dressing room. So, you know, again,
0: I, I could see them take a step back. I could see I see where you're getting that, but I, I think you also have Ryan O'Reilly. You we don't forget, you know. Uh... Eric Carlson's nemesis Mike Hoffman is is a blue uh you know I I just I think there's there's enough to get in there to be I think they're for sure gonna be the top three I would be I would be shocked if the blues miss uh in this division I I think it if they're if they're a fourth seed I think it's a disappointment if they're if they aren't if they don't make the playoffs I'll be I'll be really shocked for sure so, give me one sec. I think we're gonna get another guest in here. Uh, let me see if we can add them on. So, Landy,
1: yeah, yeah, Denver and uh, Denver Doyle in the chat saying Blues are gonna be third, and Rob Iman with the forty percent chance that the Blues miss the postseason. Um, you know that those those are, I think are are kind of where I'm at, where I, I could see them being like third, third or fourth seed. Um, but again, because of you know, because of the departure of their captain, because of the question marks on Vladimir Tarasenko, I, it's going to be a, a very volatile team, to me.
0: Yep, I can, I agree. I think that there's going to be a little bit of a toughness to it, and uh, well, you know, it's going to happen. Uh, but I, I, I just. To me, I think the Blues are, are just going to be uh, a tough squad to to not make it happen. So, with that, I bring in Mr. Kevin Lacey, twenty two on Twitter. Good evening, sir. How are you, bud? Hey
2: there. We gotta we're gonna get these graphics uh, fixed here in a moment. But nice to join you guys. I was trying to jump in on the uh, the wild conversation there, but um, hang on a sec. Okay, um, with the Blues, uh, I noticed on the graphic some guy named Mike Hoffman was kind of missing <laughs> as a key addition. Right. Uh, that's, you know, he re- he's a excellent replacement for Alexander Steen, who was 36 years old and unfortunately retired for them. But uh, you know, why can't the Sharks get uh, replacements like that? Right. Um. Yeah. But I heard you talking about Jordan Bennington. Really I, I I see where you're coming from on that. Um I don't know. I mean I would take Jordan Bennington over Cam Ward when he was in his prime for Carolina. So right? <laughs> yeah. Where are we at with the blues talk though? Well, as we, I just we actually interrupted. as you
0: were jumping on, we were talking of we were just talking about Hoffman um oh with it so Great timing, Lisa. I guess it was right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you know, where do you, would you see them in the in the West? I, I mean, as um, Chester Chivo's saying, uh, I can see the Blues anywhere from two to five in the West.
2: I don't think the Blues are as strong as the Avalanche and the Knights, as you guys mentioned. I do think that the Blues are way above everyone else in the division, though. Like I don't see, I don't see parity in this division at all. Um, but I do think, though, if there is a team who could underachieve this season, it would be the Blues because they have gone through changes. I'm not sold on Justin Falk. I never really have, and I know that it's kind of funny how here in Sharks World we talk about Eric Carlson changing the dynamic in the locker room. I say for the better. A lot of people say otherwise. I think Justin Falk has had that same kind of polarizing, uh, I don't know, uh, interjection into the... With Petrangelo gone now. Not that Falk's the leader there, but I think, I don't know. I don't know how you can't keep Alex Petrangelo over Justin Falk. Like, that's the thing that... I don't
0: know. I don't know, everybody. It's kind of like the, um, with Pavelski a little bit. You, you get, you trade a guy the season prior to, and then you don't talk about, and then talk about his deal. And then all of a sudden you try to make a deal. And the next thing, you know, he's gone. And, you know, I I don't know. Just the irony of, the irony of it all for sure going on yeah. there um we, we uh, lost. real quick talking about the can i can we go back to the wild for
2: a sec since i jumped on here yeah, late sure. the minnesota wild are definitely a wild card team to me because you do have kareel kaprizov kevin fiala and zach parisi tore up the league as a pair the second half of the season their question the wilds question is who's gonna center i'm
1: i'm here but i'm getting my uh getting my output on my headphones okay. back. You know, give me a second here, no guys. No problem. Okay.
2: Kevin, continue. I think that, uh, you know, with Marco Rossi going down and being the only one that people were saying, because a lot of people were saying, who's going to center that team? Marco Rossi's really young to bear the shoulders, uh, bear, bear the number one responsibility on his shoulders. Well, he won't have to worry about that because he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. So... I don't know what the Wild are going to do, and I think that's why they they could be near the bottom of the division or right in the playoff thick. But uh, they, with Kaprizov coming in, now's the time to find out whether he really is the best player outside of North America for the last, like, three years. Uh, I think yes. Right. Um, but with the defense, I know Landy mentioned defense is a question mark. I believe that. Bill Guerin called out Alex Stalock, not Stalin. Thank you, autocorrect. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't blame him for burying Stalin. Um, I mean, he's kind of dead. So <laughs> that <laughs> does make sense like, to me. Where did
0: Stalin come from? When I'm reading that.
2: <laughs> ever since, uh, you know what? I'm not going to go down
0: that avenue, no, but they
2: autocorrect. Yeah.
0: I, I will say, but what makes up for that, though? And you're getting a lot of love in the chat, especially from Mad Cow Jr. Love that hat, twenty five plus five. <laughs> well, if the Sharks want to give me a thirtieth
2: anniversary one to wear on these shows, you know,
0: right? <laughs> hey, well, I I want some swag too. Come on, now, guys. <laughs> and, and you know me, I I, I love swag. So, let's move onward. We got through the the blues here. Let's talk about the Right. uh yes the the, the team, vegas golden showers uh the the team that that got five hundred million dollars to not participate in the next year's expansion draft and gets to have now a um uh, what what's the word guys i'd say more of a uh reputation of things going on here a little bit here they add Alex Petrangelo Lucas Cormier uh, former shark involved in the Evander Kane trade Danny O'Regan and Carl Dahlstrom Uh, of course they lose Derek England to retirement John Merrill Brandon Peary they had to move Nate Schmidt to make room uh, throw in Paul Stasny they had to move to move back to Winnipeg Four, and not to the least of which, if you want to add one more addition, guys, the the dagger through Mark Andre Fleury, guys. I I mean, yes, as painful as it's it is to see the Vegas Golden Knights led by Pete DeBoer, <laughs> are they the team that comes out of the West in the Stanley Cup semifinal? Uh, Lacey, I'll start with you.
2: You gotta go from Peter DeBoer to throwing it to me? Are you just gonna turn this show south, Eric. Like, let me count the ways that I despise Peter DeBoer. Oh, okay, anyway. The Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, I, I do think that they're They're going to run roughshod in the division, except for one with Colorado concerned. Um, But I think that Vegas is really going to feast on these California teams. And unfortunately, we're one of those teams. Um, So I think this is going to be a very weird year for the Golden Knights in general, because I think with them, I don't really want to say it this way, but bottom feeding on the Sharks, the Ducks and the Kings and maybe the Wild. I think Vegas could look a lot better than they really are when the standings come out at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Vegas being too overhyped and getting knocked out in the first round of the playoffs because they didn't face any real competition outside of Colorado and St. Louis.
0: Landy, uh, your thoughts on on lost wages? I mean, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so i think for one we're going to be entering into the second year of peter DeBoer, and <laughs> you know no but i mean in in all honesty though his his message gets stale right and, right. and he's very much a, a like a one-hit wonder kind of coach uh, in the mold of a of a john tortorella but maybe not as bad right. Um, but still a guy that is notoriously difficult to play for. So I could see them slip a little, Mm. but guys, the thing that I'm more concerned about with this team and, and the thing that I think could really bite them in the ass is the complacency we saw last year. You know, how long did it take for them to get their asses in gear and actually play some meaningful hockey? And right. you can't do that twice. You know what I mean? It's gonna come back to bite you in the ass. And, and so I need to see from Vegas if they if they really are the the class of the West, which a lot of prognosticators have them as a the class of the West. They're gonna have to show me. They're gonna have to earn that because again, last season they were toiling in mediocrity for a little while, and it took you know a, a Herculean effort to to get out of that hole. The other thing guys that that I'm looking at, I'm looking at this roster, Max Pacioretty, what are they going to do with him? There were rumor you know, there's rumblings and rumors that he wants out and that um you know, they're not really impressed with him in the first place. Um I see, you know, Mark Andre Fleury as another type of of question mark there. So this is definitely got this is a team that looks good on paper, should win the division on paper, mm-hmm. but I could definitely see where the cracks could form in this team. And like Lecce saying it, it it could be you know one of those situations that's like a you know a a glass a glass bull or 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 you know something that that looks intimidating but when you finally get to you know, to play this team and, and really, you know, stick it to them. They could be exploited in, in, in some ways. Um, you know, they're, they're 5 six, uh, pairing for their defense is, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. The defenseman, uh, I think that they're, they're saying Zach Whitecloud is going to be, um, you know, competing for that six spot and, and Carl Dahlstrom as well. Uh, not that great. um, you know, a definitely a big drop off from, you know, you go from Nick Holden to to those two, um, you know, Braden McNabb is is a solid player. Alec Martinez, again, a solid player. But Alec Martinez is also 33 years old. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a guy that's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit long in the tooth. So they're definitely going to have, um, you know, a, a Norse contender, in my opinion, with Shea Theodore. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Makar and Theodore playing out for it for the for the uh, you know for the Norris this year um, but the depth after the depth after their fourth defenseman is is kind of uh, giving me pause
2: and I, I gotta ask you then so you think that Shay Theodore is going to be a Norris candidate over Alex petrangelo yes like, Wow I mean not that nothing wrong with that. I'm just like, wow. I, th- I love Shea Theodore, but I love the bold statement too.
1: <laughs> I I just think I you look at his career point trajectory and, and I think you look at the way in which he has evolved, especially in the playoffs. This to me, we could be seeing a guy who, you know, in a 56 game season could be a 50 point player in my opinion.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: So Uh, you're uh, Eric and Eric. um, The other thing with Petrangelo coming in, Shea theater is going to need to have that kind of a year for Vegas. I think because losing Nate Schmidt is huge. Like he's a great locker room guy, a great on ice presence. He's mobile. He, he can play in both ends. Like, Petrangelo is an upgrade but Schmidt fit with that team and we don't know that Petrangelo can fit with that team you also take out Derek Engeland who Peter DeBoer forced into retirement I mean he's 38 years old but one of the first things DeBoer did was bench their captain for for the entirety of the playoffs the bubble um, dating back to like the beginning of February, Derek Englund played zero games, and so he ended up getting that basically forced him into retirement. Being on the roster, like those are two key locker room figures gone. With as you mentioned, Landy, Max Pacioretty. Who knows what's going on with him? Jonathan Marchessault, not the best locker room guy you could have in uh, any on any team. Stop wasting so, my time with him. Yeah. <laughs> I still wish I remembered what AJ's nickname was for him, but um yeah, Vegas I do like I said or like we both said, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors with Vegas. I do think they're near the top of this division, but I don't know if they have what it takes to get much further than the first round. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I same.
0: Yeah, I I I am I, I will say this they're a team like the Sharks were built in oh nine and twenty ten and twenty eleven. They have a boatload of talent. They have all the pieces to win it all. But they're a little bit of arrogant. They're a little bit of cocky. I think we it showed against the series against Vancouver that they thought when they went into game five and had to deal with Thatcher Demko that they're just going to run run people over and it's done it's over and done with we got this we're just going to take it easy and then oh crap Thatcher Demko stealing games 5 and 6 and almost stole game 7 for them uh which where we saw that great expression from Mark Stone in the handshake line which I I get but like you guys said before to reiterate it they didn't show up when they had to play The meaningful game they had Chicago which they totally outmatched they had Vancouver that pushed them to game seven because they got a little arrogant and then Dallas just took them down I'm not gonna say they're not gonna make the playoffs I think right now they are the team that can win this division but um I'm with you guys I can't they can win the division, they can be the top seed, they could be in in the Stanley Cup final. But for some reason, I, I just see them falling apart. They haven't shown me their domination. And with all the everything and I forget where who said it in the chat. Like a tiger, you know, Vegas, we love this new addition. Also Vegas. Ooh, new shiny new player. They've built a reputation on like, well, You know, we didn't get it done, so we're going to move on and find a new shiny thing where they lose Schmidt, where they lose Stastny, you know, and they're on the verge of losing Fleury at this point because I can't see it happening. Yeah, I
1: mean, you just look at the center depth. I mean, number one center is William Carlson. He's a good player. Would, Would I say he's a number one center? I'd say he's a 1B um, you know, a, a solid one B um, you look at who else will be, will be, you know, manning the center. Cody glass, you know, is, is there's a lot riding on him to be a good center. Uh, this is a team that is loaded to the gills on the wings, but man, that center depth leaves some, you know, leaves it somewhat to be desired. And,
0: and on a personal standpoint, putting one of my friends that was a designer for the team on furlough screw you knights and in, in, in your fancy your fancy gold plated jerseys and stuff and your fancy oh those are barf in those fancy outdoor games in tahoe but i digress <sighs> guys it's time No, th- th-
1: those third those third jerseys just make me barf
0: <laughs> their thirds or the reverse retro uh yeah but guys, it is time. It is time to preview your. Let me get it all ready. Your San Jose Sharks. Oh. Um, all right, I'm oh, heading off, you.
2: guys. Have a good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I, exactly. Um, so it's so you have yeah. John Leonard. Brinson Pashnick. Did I get that right? Uh, Pashnick. Pashnick. Uh, Pashnick. Pashnick. Thank you. Long Beach native Ryan, Matt Nieto, yeah. Alexi Melnichuk, Ryan Donato, Devin Dubnik, making his turn to Northern California. Uh, oh, and don't forget Patrick Marleau, uh was a UFA signing for this team. Uh, Joe Thornton, Melker Carlson, Aaron Dell, Lukasz Radiel, the team's uh, – departures per se um i know you guys are itching at the bit to talk about the prospects but uh let's put this team on paper the defense needs improvement goal tending i would hope (laughs) it's hit rock bottom and it can only go up um we've talked about ad nauseum last year about the missing the goal scoring um and your best point of of last season was your number one penalty killer, or penalty kill. And two of your best PKers are now off this team. So, with that, Eric Landy, tell me uh, why yeah. the Sharks are going to make the playoffs. Just
1: serve me up that dog turd on a silver platter, there. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, first off, I, I think for my bold prediction, I'm going to say that um, Martin Jones is going to post a 9.15 save percentage this season.
0: Whoa.
1: Yep, Excuse I think me while that. I to
0: write this down. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I,
1: I and and the reason why I say that is because he spent the off season uh, working on his footwork, which has always been a very very big issue for me. Um, you know, especially when he plays small in the net for a big guy, Devin Dubnik, on the other hand, I don't think he's going to be all that great. Um, he doesn't need to be, if, if, you know, Martin Jones can post a 915, you know, I'd be happy with a nine Oh five or a nine Oh eight save percentage out of Devin Dubnik. But that scrimmage, that teal and white scrimmage where he got lit up for seven goals nice. really left a bad taste in my mouth and, and so I think that there's more question marks around him than there is for Martin Jones um, so that's kind of the easiest thing to tackle first right uh, going into the defense I mean this time um, for uh, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic I think we're going to see a mini resurgence you've, you've been off for 10 months Um, You have been able to kind of retread the tires just a little. Mind you, you know, they're both at advanced ages when I'm talking about Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic, 35 and 33, respectively, which, you know, is is starting to really kind of push the ceiling of of the product, you know, productive years out of a defenseman. But I I could definitely see them coming out of the gate quickly because of of the rest. So I think that Mark Edward Vlasic is going to be better than he was last season. I don't think he's going to be the same Mark Edward Vlasic as, say, you know, when he was 28, 29. But I think he'll definitely be better. Brent Burns, um, you know, I, 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 I see him being maybe like a 35 point player. And I think Eric Carlson will probably be a point per game player. Um, uh, you know, I, I think in those three you've got you, you've got some really good um, I, I think you'll get some some really good results because of the break. Um, it's gonna be about uh, health for that defense. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, somebody said something about a paper cut. Dear God, if they get a paper cut, you know, what are we gonna do? Uh, oh, ek, yeah, Christian uh, Christian Ruiz. Uh, if ek doesn't get a paper cut and be, uh, <laughs> you know, and and, and gets his budding gear in the season, um, and, you know, Mario Ferraro is 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 a player that is really really on the up and coming. I don't think we're gonna see a sophomore slump. If anything, I think he'll be better. Um, you know, a, a guy that um, you know, I, I feel for is Radim Shimmick. um, and and guys, I mean. You know, he's having knee issues and he's had 10 months off. That's that's not good for his career that to me that that means that he's I I wouldn't be surprised if he's done to be to be quite honest with you guys, because, you know, 10 months should have been more than enough time for an MCL ACL. And if he's still having issues with it, uh, boy, it screams Rafi Torres, guys. Remember how many times he had his knee worked on
0: Milan Mulholland yeah Uh, and this entry happened in 2019 which I mean we're getting to the point of two years now so Kevin your thoughts on Team Teal uh and where this team can go I Uh, I think this
2: team I think this team goes as far as uh as Eric Carlson takes them um I still am on the train that burns and carlson can't coexist not on a personal relationship or anything like that just i don't understand why you throw all your eggs in one position for two like-minded players like carlson and burns that that to me is the ultimate downfall of this team but at the same time if carlson stays healthy plays all 56 games no issues I do think he'll be right back on track. Uh, I think you said Burns will get 35 points or so. That'd be really nice getting both those guys going. But (laughs) where do the Sharks forwards go with the puck? Can they get the puck? Last season, the entire problem was the Sharks could never get the puck past their own blue line. And I don't really see the Sharks having any more forward depth this year. Maybe a little more
1: experience. No, I, I, you know, playing off you and what you're saying with the forward depth, Kevin, I mean, that's to me the Achilles heel of this team, more so than than the goalies or the defense. I I still think that this team is at least a, a number, you know, two, you know, a number two center. They need a number two center, I think. Um, you know, they still need an impact wing. Um, yeah. You know, the the those to me, they're at least two impact players away from being a solid, you know, forward squad, and and that's not not a great look. Now, I'm very, very, very interested to see John Leonard. Yeah. Um, sure. if he is, and oh my gosh. Uh, I I feel sorry for the kid already because somebody said Joe Pavelski light. And if you get that label that young, oh, my God, you know, I I feel so sorry. That's
2: the worst comparison, though. Like, I I really don't Uh, know. Even no, I'm I'm worried about the pressure that puts sure, sure. Being in the same market and everything. But I think I even made that comp. On draft day, on our show, <laughs> go back and check the archives on Teal Town USA and find out if I made that call
0: because I think I
2: actually did. Gotcha. But
0: <laughs> one sec before you continue on, let me just shout out Christian Ruiz with his super chat donation. I got my Stimmy check tonight, so here, no shout out, need a good night. Well, I appreciate you don't want to uh, shout out, but by all means, we gotta give you some love, and if you want to, feel free hit that. You know, hit us up with the super chat, or of course, hit up on Venmo at Deal USA. Kevin, back to you. Wait, this sounds we, weird. Kevin, back to you. I'd usually we appreciate me, but... the
2: one one hundredth or one thousandth of your stimulus check or whatever. <laughs> no, but for yeah. real, like, <laughs> no, for real. That's that's awesome. Thank you, Christian. I, we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and you can see your tax dollars at work. I mean, now we've got a nice landy background, you know, and. and <laughs> They have, uh, With no you know, stipends. good audio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, this is this is definitely your tax dollars at work. It de- goes straight back into the show, and you know, we appreciate everybody who who helps us out. No, it really, it really does. But so,
0: Kevin, sorry so, to interrupt. Continue on. Kind of going, yeah.
2: kind of going off John Leonard. So I, you know, Mark Emman, Mark uh, Eisenberg was really the one who uh, was spearheading this whole John Leonard's going to be in the top six with the Sharks this year thing. Yeah. For a uh, point for him. Yeah. I was like, he could, but I didn't see it happening. Um, and he's been really great here in camp. I mean, we've seen that Ryan Donato was started camp in the top six and got pushed down. Uh, John Leonard's seized the moment and ran with it. Now we'll see how this goes in, the actual season here i i do think he can bring the goods um but there are just there's so many question marks with the forward group in a good way uh you know there's a in a bad way but also in a good way like what yeah. will ryan donato do will he have a, a fire lit under him he looked great uh in the scrimmages with noah gregor and matt nieto because that line is just speed 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 i i it's just like can any of them finish is my question um Tory but you've yeah. also
1: got what's up Tori? Tori Mitchell Tori Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell
2: yeah there you go um but I'm curious to see how the taxi squad rotates in because we do see Jeff Fiel and Sasha schmalevski both on the taxi squad and they might see some time. There's really no room, at least for the bottom six guys and maybe even second line guys to start the year, to falter, because the Sharks essentially have two four two third fourth lines on the roster and then two third fourth lines on the taxi squad. They have so yeah. many forwards, and even the Barracuda. Will, well, I'll get to the Barracuda on another show, but. And that's a plug. So please subscribe. Um, but both teams have so many forwards. And I'm curious to see how it all plays out. Because you, if the Sharks falter early, you're going to see a lot of rotating. A lot. So
0: Yeah, I, I, I like how John Leonard has taken the opportunity to get it. Uh, of course, having his buddy Mario Ferraro kind of give him hints as to what to do. Uh, It definitely helps, you know, you get you're definitely getting some love with Nason in the chat with Noah Gregor in the chat. Um, You also look at, you know, Couture is coming back. He's going to be healthy. Hurdle's going to be back. I I think this is a really critical year for Tomas Hurdle uh, with with the knee issues that he's had. And that's where you need the kids to step up, where you talk about VL or Shumlowski or, you know, especially with with John Leonard. I think John Leonard is is going to definitely be a key issue here. Kevin LeBanc, you need to have a two way play this year. Marcus Sorensen, you need to get your crap together to this season. Otherwise, you are headed back to Europe. Um, Yeah.
2: You know what I want to see honestly, at some point? John Leonard on one wing, Tomash Hurdle at center, and Rudolph Balser's on the other <laughs> right wing. No, I'm serious. I, 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 I actually I, want to I see that line. I think that
1: that's that's a good line as well. It's got size. It's got speed. It's got both a sniper and a two way forward. You right. know the two way forward being john and and the the sniper being Rudolph. because um, Rudolph, I think definitely has a, a, an underrated shot. Yep. and i we saw that in in the Barracuda. Um it was something that I picked up on when we drafted him. So, um, yeah, no, I I, I'm totally with you there. And I think maybe we should break down the lines because I think, you know, people people are kind of, you know, filtering in. So with the with the number one line, of course, it's set with um, Couture, Kane and LeBanc. The number two line uh, from what we've heard is Leonard uh, on one wing. You've got. um, uh, Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Did I get that wrong? Was, is it Couture? Yeah, it's Couture, Timo and um, Banker, ba- LeBanc. Yeah, Couture, Timo and, and LeBank. Then it's Kane, Hurdle, Leonard. Then it's Donato, um, uh, Nieto. Nieto, yeah, and Gregor. And then for the fourth line, it's been Patty, it's been Sorensen, and it's been um, Gambrell, right, as the center? Or Shulman.
2: Shulman and I think Shulman and, and Shulman has been there, but I'm more comfortable with Sorensen, Marlowe and, and Gambrell. Um, but wow. again, this is where this is where the rotating really starts to to play in because you haven't you haven't mentioned Nason, Shulman, a yeah. um, couple other guys there.
0: And, and Shulman signed a two year deal, you know, so they definitely, you know, look at him being uh, a future piece in there. You throw in Patty. You throw in Nason. I mean, you definitely have some decent pieces around here. It's just a matter of them producing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that that is going to be the biggest question mark for the forward group. Is is just can the? I I think if you look at the Sharks, it's can the sum of the pieces outweigh the um you know the individual. Uh, talent, right? Because I think on the individual talent side for the for the forwards, you would say that they're lacking. But if the team, you know, let's say, for instance, John Leonard pots 20 goals, you know, that would be that would go a hell of a long way. You know, if we could get a nice 15 or 20 out of Ryan Donato, that could go a long way. Kevin LeBanc kind of coming back and, and, you know, a 25-goal season would be incredible. Same with Timo. And so if the team can get the production from the boys up front, then I think we're talking four seed if they get the production up front. And and that's going to be the issue, like right. Kevin had said, is, is will those defensemen be able to to run and gun, get the puck out of their own zone. Um, will the defense be able to, you know, beef up and, and go into the corners a little bit more and not be afraid? Cause that was something that I saw last season that, you know, the, the defensemen were afraid to put their backs to the, to the play and, and really kind of go in there. Um, you know, to me, they were timid. It was a, it was a timid group outside of, of um, Shemek and, and Mario. Um, because those those are the two big physical presents, but I saw the team really shying away from that physical play. So when this team is playing quickly, when this team is playing with more physicality, and and they really use their bodies and really throw throw their weight around, I mean, Hurdle is going to be above a point of game player if he uses his ass like Yager. You know what I mean? Right. You know, the, him bouncing. Um, you know, Evgeny Malkin that to me signified okay the kid still got the goods i you know he he still a uh, he could be in an, an elite player and you know it unfortunately with those injuries i think it's definitely taken taken away from his potential but i still think that the that the that number one center is still somewhere in there so i think you're absolutely right it's going to be a very important season for Tomash. um and I think that he could rise to it. I mean, I think that had he not been uh, hurt, he probably would have gotten in the neighborhood of, um, let's see, last uh, last season he got 36 points in 48 games played. You know, I could have seen him as a closer to, you know, a 50-point player had he not been injured. Um, so 56 games, if he's healthy for all 56, I, I, I could d- definitely see him putting up a point per game.
2: Okay, um, I want to I, I want to bring up something that you said. I'm going to throw it to both of you guys. Okay. Yep. So you said you saw the Sharks thought the Sharks could get fourth in the division and for me, I think that's their ceiling is fourth in the division. Yeah. So, if you guys feel the same that that's the Sharks ceiling, is it even worth making the playoffs because I'm of the belief and this is just my personal opinion that If you're going to rebuild, the easiest thing for your fans who don't like enduring losing is to lose in a 56, a 48 game season, you know, something a shorter season. You still get a high draft pick and you cut the misery by 30 (laughs) percent. So to me. Yeah, of course playoff hockey's great cuz you you never know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we all picked Dallas to go to the Cup finals last year, right guys? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it, you never know. But
1: is it worth it? Yeah, is it worth I, it? Yeah. And 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 I think for me at least the smart thing to do would be to rebuild. I think if you look if you look at the team and you look at it on paper, it's it's lacking some major pieces in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it's old on the older side you know i I look at a lot of these high-end players and they're on the back side of 30 or at 30 so to me the smart thing would be to to rebuild but Having said that, I don't think Doug Wilson would would be the general manager in charge of that. I I just don't see him, you know, throwing in the towel ever. Um, You know, I think he wants to continue to. Just make the playoffs and see what happens, Um, you know, kind of the spaghetti mentality where you throw it on the wall and you see what sticks. Right. Um, And I just I don't see him moving away from that now let's say that the sharks are are at the bottom of the standings you know come trade deadline time then i think you know anything's on the table as far as moves and stuff and and could you know that really um precipitate uh you know some some rebuilding i i think it could but i also wonder okay how much of how how much is Hasso plotner gonna take of of this losing before he wants some change
0: and see here's then you it's funny you mentioned Hasso because I was gonna mention that on my end is that hasso's getting older uh from the what we've heard is that the his family is not gonna be interested in keeping the team and the family <sighs> The last time the Sharks missed the playoffs in consecutive seasons was 1997. Um, you are going to start. Ten- <laughs> hang on a
2: sec. Hang on. Hang on. The last time the Sharks missed the playoffs in consecutive seasons, I wrote a, an essay in my freshman English class oh, about how the Sharks would make the playoffs. The following season, and they did. So you can thank my essay for it. But I'm just like,
0: (laughs) yeah. Carry on. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Freshman year, he says. Oh god. (laughs) Whatever. Um, but the last time they missed it was 1997. They're saving. They're saving cap space for something later down the road because. You could have signed Eric Halla. You could have signed Andreas Athenasiou. You could have done a little more things uh, in the offseason, I think. But I think while you question everything about Jones, you question how the defense is going to be activated a lot more in the offense, which could lead to odd man rushes. But I, I look at it this way, guys. I think... I think, honestly, that this team is built f- to sneak into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to take a top three seed. I think we're in agreement here that it's going to be Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, in some form of that. But I, I, I definitely see them better than at least Arizona and Minnesota. I think they'll have to fight their California counterparts for that number four seed. Um... And I mean, but I, I think this team makes it. And if this team is working on all cylinders, you get through the crap. I mean, 10 of the first 12 are on the road. And right now, technically speaking, they don't know where they're going to be playing those those two home games. If it's going to be in vague, if it's going to be in Arizona. I know they are supposed to talk on uh, Tuesday to Santa Clara County officials about whether or not they can play in San Jose. I think this team can get in. And if it's Vegas in round one, I could see an upset. You know, be quite because rough. it's
2: Vegas. Because, because it's yeah, Vegas because it's, and there is that intensity.
0: Now yeah. that being said, Jones needs to have a good year. Duminic needs to challenge him. Everything that's gone on with Evander Kane, and I, I don't want to mention too much of it. Um, hopefully, actually, that... I did. I did want to talk about that though,
1: because there is one little wrinkle in the that whole filing. Was if you know if he doesn't play the season, his contract will be terminated, and and I don't know about you guys, but to me, that might be the best solution, and and, and the the kind of cap relief that you get. And wiping out that that bad contract, it might not. It 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 would sting and it would hurt because it takes a you know a top six player out of the lineup. But the
0: leading goal scorer from last year.
1: But there is a player by the name of Pierre Luc Dubois that could totally transform the 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 team, the look of the team, and the the makeup. I mean, if if you somehow we're able to swindle him out of Columbus. You could really, really kickstart in, in a rebuild in a way that is immeasurable. So, to me,
0: it might not be the worst thing in the world. That will remain to be seen. I, I, the one thing I, I, I'm worried about is if it's going to be the distraction. Uh, you, yeah, I worry you, about that you too. Know, you know the game that they have in Vegas. If they have fans, you know, they're going to be taunting him. Uh, and, you know, Reeves is definitely going to be taunting him with, and now we know why uh, he wanted to fight Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whatever, either way. <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> either. way. Yeah. So now it's come to the point where I'm going to ask you guys, your four teams that are coming out of the West. Who on May eighth is prepping for playoff hockey? Landy, I'll start with you.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to say Colorado is will win the Western Division, the Honda West Division. Yeah, we don't need it to uh, with the sponsors. Right. <laughs> no, I just I, I can't believe that they ended up doing that, but whatever. Um, so yeah, Colorado number one. Um, I'm going to take Vegas number two. I'm going to take. Oh, boy. I, I think it's going to be St. Louis at number three. And. I'm going to pick the Sharks at number four. OK, and the you know, the, I think the, the consensus is I think that anaheim and la are still at least one to two years away from dominance so i think that they are still they're, we're, we're still right in that window where we can sneak it sneak up on them i think that this team is better made up than minnesota and i think it's better made up than arizona so I, that's kind of how i see it shaking out
2: kevin
0: you're th- what do you predict
2: First, I was thinking when you were talking there, Puck Guy, um, earlier, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking that maybe Landy should be positioned in the middle of this screen, (laughs) and that Eric, or Puck Guy, you are the good devil uh, on one side, and I'm on the opposite (laughs) side of him as the bad devil who's like, the sharks are going to die in a fire, like... (laughs) And then it's Landy's decision whether they make the playoffs or not. Now, apparently, Landy has chosen that the Sharks will make the playoffs. I am less optimistic, unfortunately. My four teams out of this conference division thing, whatever, yeah, is <laughs> Colorado one, yes, Vegas two, yes, St. Louis three, yes. Nobody else deserves to make the playoffs in the division, but but Arizona uh, will be that fourth team. But I don't think this division I think this division is so imbalanced this year. It's yeah, it's going to I think it's going to be a very hard season for at least four of the teams in the division.
0: The two three seeds in the West is going to be a battle of the playoffs. For sure. And it's going to be a tough one to see one of those teams go home. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Colorado 1, Vegas 2, uh, St. Louis 3, San Jose 4. I, I think San Jose can, um, unless they absolutely you know, shart themselves in the hockey pants, I, I think they can get this done. And I will go on record and say they will upset Vegas in round one. Uh, of the playoffs. So, uh, that being said, one more thing before we get out of here. It's going to be, and I'm going to do this very teal-tinted glasses for you, Lacey. It's, wait a minute, I got to look at the, the date here. It's Friday, July 9th, 2021, and the Stanley Cup is presented to who, Kevin? Oh wow. I haven't thought that far. <laughs> um, usually I
2: have something by now. <sighs> I think I think that the Washington Capitals will win the Stanley Cup this year.
0: Over. Remember, it's a different format this year. They're,
2: I know, and so east and east here's east. the thing. the Can- I don't know how... Have they announced the format, or have they announced that they could change the format depending on what goes on with the Canadian
0: conference division thing? Not that thing? I'm aware of what the format is right now. What the format is right now is that the top... And so it, the, the top team or the team from each mm-hmm. division, and it's based on seeding. Okay, so you could Cause have West and East final. You could have a West and West final, right? And that's that's why I'm like, ah,
2: ooh, over? Who over? Because I I can see two Eastern teams being in this, mm-hmm. but it's like I don't feel like it's gonna be Washington and Tampa Bay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let me go right now. Because it's just it's easy for me, but I I, I will uh, update this later. Washington over the Colorado Avalanche.
0: All right. So Lacey's picking Caps over Avs. Mr. Landy. Oh, boy. Um,
1: I think we could see. Carolina and it. Avalanche.
2: I, I love, I, that, series. love yeah, I, that series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the avalanche are going to be the class of the West. And, um, you know, I think the Carolina hurricanes could, cause I, I look at them playing up against the Canadian division and I like them in, in that Canadian division. And then in that Eastern conference um, I also could see them leapfrog Tampa Bay because, you know, I, I don't believe in back to backs um, I don't, I, it's very, very hard to repeat in this league. So I, I think Tampa Bay is going to take a step back. Um, I could see maybe the New York Islanders because they're a very structured team could be the team that could give the Hurricanes some issues. Um, but I really, really like their, I, 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 I like that. The fact that the Carolina sum is greater than their parts. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be Colorado will be awarded the Stanley Cup over the Carolina Hurricanes.
0: All right, kind of feeling this Eric vibe here, you know, uh, because Colorado is my pick to win it all. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm making bold predictions that usually never, never come true. So, Colorado over Toronto in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's
1: final. a good one. Yeah, that's so a good Didn't
0: one. you we'll pick get... Toronto last year? Did I pick Toronto last year? I don't know. I I'm, I'm. someone I, I did on this show. I, I think I picked San I know I picked San Jose, and boy, how yeah. did that come out well. Um but Denver Doyle even saying it my I, Toronto versus Colorado Avs went four four to one. So
1: But but in the Canadian division, let's just talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I could see the Oilers come out of that division. I could see Montreal come out of that division and I could see Toronto coming out of that division, right? They're gonna beat up on each other and and honestly, what's gonna be left out of that division coming out of it? Yeah. That's that to me is the biggest the biggest roadblock from a Canadian team being in the final is just that they're gonna have to navigate some very, very tough teams.
0: In the east. Vancouver. I mean... You know? vancouver i saw that look guy (laughs) Uh, trying to be good all right Mm -hmm. um you know the east i mean while they have you know they can walk to each other's arenas i think the division set up for it i could see some one of the teams coming out of there for sure so uh, Mad Cow Jr. Thank you for the super chat donations. So I want to talk about Bugner's new system and trying to get the D more involved in the offense.
2: And I liked the the comments, Mad Cow, in the chat. Keep keep it up, everyone. Keep it up. But you had some really good points, Mad Cow. I just want to throw that out to you. Uh,
0: what do you, what do you guys think of this plan to have the defense being involved, uh, more offensively? Are, are we going to try to win game 6-5? <laughs> yeah,
2: the the Sharks have know.
0: to. With Burns and Carlson on the back
2: end, you have to have an offensive style on the back end. Because if, if you're going for a defensive style, why do you have both of them? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I, I, I agree. And,
1: and I feel like, Every time we get a new Sharks head coach hire, it's more volume from the back end, more the back end. I mean, shit, Ron Wilson, when he was hired, was more from the back end. You know, uh, Todd McClellan was defensive, you know, uh, defense coming from Detroit. So they're going to be more involved from the back end. You know, every single coach that has been brought on has always stressed that point, and yet the personnel seem to want to do whatever they want to do. So it's going to be up to um, Bob Bugner to really get it through those two thick skulls, and I'm talking squarely on 65 and 88, <laughs> and, and it's going to be whether or not they're going to be able to buy in. Now, I think... Bugner has has created such goodwill with with Bernsie. Uh, you know, I think he has his ears still. And I think that he could also really bond with EK 65, you know, Boogie being is you know, a defenseman. So, I you know, I, I, I could definitely see them buying into it. And I think we, c- we could see some more um, offense from the back end. However, again, I, I, I got to see it to. To to believe it because we've been promised this over and over and over again the
0: the first few games are really going to be tell tale as to how this system will work uh rocky thompson and john madden boom you know you hope you as as the old video game would say you hope the you the hope the sharks opponents get run over by a freight train so.
2: By the way, coach those coaching additions there with uh, Rocky. T- I really like the Rocky Thompson one. Good character guy, and for the locker room, he's going to be. To me, Rocky Thompson reminds me of uh, um, Craig Patrick uh, from the night from the movie Miracle, where he's you know he's <laughs> got like Herb Brooks and no one wants to deal with them, but Craig Patrick is like he's the the players. Yeah, guy. the iron
1: like the iron fist and velvet glove.
2: Yeah, I don't think Bugner's to that extent, but I do think Rocky Thompson's very much a player's coach. He's also an analytics guy, so he's got a little bit of a different approach versus John John Madden, who's a very detail oriented guy. And uh, it's a nice blend. I yeah I like for the, the first mix. time in a while, I have nothing to complain about with the coaching staff, and I hope it stays that way.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. And Nabby, you know, finally solidifying the goaltending coaching position, which I, you know, you know, you guys have known that I have never been a Johan Hedberg fan, um, and, and I think that that having, um, you know, I, I I think having a guy like Nabby who, you know, is of the Warren Stralo lineage, even though Hedberg was as well, but uh, Nabby more so is very very key to, to having a successful goaltending coach mm-hmm. so yeah I think I, I'm with you guys I like the mix of, of the players I mean Rocky Thompson had a great um, junior career head coaching career in junior um, and, and can connect with young guys which is uh, you know something that needs to to be very uh, it needs to be brought up.
2: Because it's this the team the complete opposite of what we saw with DeBoer. Thompson yep. is great with the youth, DeBoer is not, which is why I'm surprised Danny O'Regan <laughs> went back to Vegas, but I digress. Uh-
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in case you missed anything, when you want to check this out again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, of course, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to get notified when we uh, go on the air. SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, always available at tealtownusa.com. So with that, we are now, as we're doing this live, we are now less than twenty. About 20 hours away from Puck Drop, guys. Never thought I'd see it, but 10 hours, uh, 10 months since the Sharks played. We got to leave a little bit more, but we got some games on on the docket Wednesday night. So with that, thank you as always. Kevin, thank you, of course, for joining in with the 25 plus (laughs) 5. Your final thoughts and where the people can find you.
2: Okay, so a couple just quick quick things here uh, one is that i am at kevin lacy 22 on most social media platforms i did put out a bunch of tweets last night about the sharks cuts and players being assigned to barracuda camp i am hoping here later this week or for sure next week uh getting out an episode of in the reef Whoa. the Barrack, the long lost barracuda podcast on teal town usa i'll need to talk with aj uh and see if we can uh schedule something here but i know that uh, nick nolenberger is ready to go him and i have been talking over the last couple of weeks so we're both fired up for this barracuda season nice. don't really know what it's going to bring uh I don't know what to make of the AHL season at all, to be honest, with taxi squads and everything, but uh, stay tuned for that. And um, I also just want to plug on this channel, tomorrow is the 25th anniversary of the Sharks-Penguins 10-8 game <laughs> that Puck Guy and I did an, a special After Dark Show of uh, earlier d- before the uh, the bubble began and everything right. like that. So go check that out on Teal Town USA. Uh, we broke it down 1996 style. Uh, gave you gave you some info on everything around the league, like Bill Ranford's trade. And uh, wow, that was 25 years ago yesterday That's or crazy. tomorrow. Wow. Anyway, uh, yes. And so uh, we do. Ah, oh, dang it! I'm messing it up. No, I'm really messing it up. I don't know what's going on there you go, here. Right Sorry.
0: There right there.
2: There we go. We interrupt everything to bring you the hockey season, folks. <laughs> there
0: you go. All right. And Mr. Eric Landy, your final thought and where the people can find you. Uh, final
1: thoughts is that uh, Tomas Hurdle is going to be a beast this year. And as far as where you can find me, You can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K spelled the right way. Damn right. My last name, L-A-N-D-I spelled the Italian way on all of the social media garbage.
0: All right. And you can find me at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. We will be back with you uh, Thursday night for sure following coyotes and sharks. But, of course, hit us up on, on our YouTube channel where we got great content. I interviewed Randy Hahn. Earlier in the week, uh, AJ just talked to Ted Ramey about the Sharks Audio Network, a good friend of there. We got plenty of more coming as well before the season starts. And after things get going, we are full throttle on this ship. So Sharks fans, it's great to be back. We're getting strapped into the roller coaster and can't wait to jump onto the ride. So until then, thanks for watching. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. It's nice to say that. Can't wait to see you guys Thursday night for the season opener of After Dark. Have a good night, everyone.